Goose house. Well, uh, never in doubt, right? Never in doubt. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Cougs, your daily podcast, the Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andrews, here to break down all things Cougs. And I am stumbling over my words in this live edition of Locked on Cougs called Cougars After Dark, the post-game show, because that was quite a game to go live immediately after. Um, let's break down some things here, but first, make sure you subscribe down below if you are new to the show. Welcome. Tell your friends. This is all things Houston Cougars all the time. We're at least five days a week each and every day here at Locked on Cougs. Uh, thank you for being subscribed. Remember doing a giveaway every 250 subscribers. We're at set almost we're over 1,600. Our next one is 1,750. Uh, I'm still figuring out what we're going to give away at that point. But hit subscribe and hit the bell so you know when we're live like right now. Now, um, if you're like at a loss for words and you don't know what to comment to help let us know you're in the contest down below, just tell us the first word out of your mouth once you realized Boogie Johnson had the football at the end of the football game. Now, a lot of stuff to break down here. I think the first thing we got to do is just talk through what exactly just happened. And I'm sitting here, honestly, like, first of all, well, that just happened. Yes, that did just happen. Uh, <laughs> boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> Motion roller coaster. <laughs> Talking about the last minute of the game. All these live comments are great. Keep them coming. Um, this person says that they uh, Nathan was mad before we got the ball back. Um, <laughs> the, I think this was the Cougar, but the Cigars are the first new team to beat a Big 12 oldie. We'll talk about that in a moment because that is important, I think. Holy Toledo actually beat West Virginia Toledo. Okay, it's a bad joke. But let's talk about what just happened because the Houston Cougars did, as you can tell by now, either across the bottom of the screen or if you have not been living under a rock and have been watching the game live with us. Um, Houston does win the football game 41-39 to to get to 3-3 three and three in their first Big 12 win as a football program. Fun factoid here, uh, Houston's first win in multiple fall sports, is, I think all fall sports, has been West Virginia. The first Big 12 win in women's soccer was against West Virginia. First Big 12 win in women's volleyball was a sweep of West Virginia. First Big 12 win in football is West Virginia. And when January comes around, our first men's basketball game in the Big 12 is against West Virginia. Several people are saying that line. I'm not the first to come up with that, but I think it's an interesting factoid to see. Now, the Dana Bowl may have saved Dana's job, but let's break down exactly how this game happened. Um, First things first, the first half started off ugly. Uh, ugly offense out of the Cougs start the game led to a punt. Um, you know, things just kind of you know, need to get in the groove of the game. The stadium was still filling in. You know, 6 o'clock kickoff on a weekday. Those kinds of things happen. West Virginia drove down and kicked a field goal after a long drive in which I was convinced Houston was never going to stop West Virginia from ever having to stop running the football. Um, and immediately Houston responds with a Matthew Golden, tell me if you've heard this before, kickoff return touchdown. <laughs> um, that... Uh, 
I'm uh, sorry, that followed a touchdown later. Uh, that anyway, the game gets to ten to seven. I'm all over the place right now, reading through my notes. I'm just excited, folks. I'm just excited. Um, a series of punts back and forth ultimately led to an eventual Houston touchdown in the second quarter, and he, near the end of the second quarter, near the end of the second quarter, actually, and Houston went to half up fourteen to ten. Now, I was looking through notes and things like that, and I thought it was interesting that there were some of the things that I had said need to happen. They were kind of halfway to happening by the end of the game. I like Parker Jenkins. I thought he needed to get 15 touches. He had seven and a half time. I thought they need to kind of get after the quarterback green from West Virginia. They kind of had a couple of hits on him at that point. They kind of figured out some stuff to help stuff the run stuff up front, done those kinds of things. But then West Virginia comes out of the gates from halftime and scores in a four play drive for a touchdown. And Houston had to punt on a three and out their following possession. Houston was down 17, 14. And I think based on Twitter spheres and Instagrams and TikToks and all their social media, it felt like the general speaking fan base was a little down on things at that point. But West Virginia proceeded to throw an interception. Um, said interception occurred uh, in the end zone for a touchback. That's Isaiah Hamilton. On that same possession earlier in it, Houston actually got robbed of what should have been a fumble recovery for a touchdown um, because the fumble happened before the whistle happened and before Ford Progress has stopped. Long things to break down there if you want to get into film study stuff later. But anyway, Houston picks off the ball. Isaiah Hamilton picks off the ball in the end zone for a touchback and then has a four-play 80-yard drive for a touchdown. So obviously, things kind of negated there anyway. West Virginia responds to their own touchdown and a long drive. Houston responds to a short drive for their own touchdown. Back and forth, back and forth here down the stretch. The final possession of the final two possessions of the ball game were obviously where the excitement happened. Houston got the ball back. So Houston's up 35 to 24, right? Allows a West Virginia touchdown to make it 35 to 32. Houston gets the ball. Houston has the ball with, oh, what is it? Just over three and a half minutes left. And theoretically can start to drive this thing down, get under that like 40 second mark and kneel it out or whatever. Right. Um, if they just get a couple first downs instead, they end up having to punt. They do waste a lot of time and then ultimately have a coffin corner punt that pins West Virginia on the 12 yard line. Uh, West Virginia responds with a seven play drive that frankly looked like it was going to stall out. Houston had a uh, first down in completion from about the 50 yard line and then a second down incompletion as well. And then, frankly, the third down incompletion made you think, you know, Houston made a big pass breakup. Malik Fleming made a heck of a play on the sideline. It felt like um, Houston had kind of won the game at that point because it would have made sense with, you know, just under, it was, what, 30 seconds left in the football game, fourth and 10. West Virginia is going to, like, take advantage of the prevent defense, get something underneath for a first down, kick a field goal, go to overtime. That's kind of, I think, what, you know, general, I don't know how, would have thought was going to happen. Instead, they're on a deep rub route. And I think that the inverse of what they hoped was going to happen, the tight end running across the middle of the field, um, ends up rubbing off the rub route for a deep crosser touchdown with 12 seconds left. Garrett Green, and this is important, the quarterback for West Virginia, gets a taunting penalty after that for a celebration um, because he's talking to the crowd about this and the other thing. These two teams do not like each other and they shouldn't. Um, they end up going for two after actually bumping back because of a delay of game. They still get the two-point conversion on what's kind of a chaotic play. The guy has a bobbling catch from his back. Not unlike Tank Dale's first preseason touchdown for the Houston Texans. Actually, remember that play? Kind of a bot just in the back of the end zone. Anyway, Houston gets a short kickoff, or the kickoff is backed up, I should say, from West Virginia because of that penalty from Garrett, uh, Garrett Green. Houston then 
on their first play does a quick chip away. It takes eight yards because they get three, you know, only waste three seconds on the clock. They only have second seven to spend um, and gets Carnes out of bounds. And then that gives them the ball at the 49 yard line. Um, Donovan Smith then in the final play of the football game, he has all the receivers on the left side of the field. He steps in the pocket and gets flushed to his left. Conveniently, that's where the receivers are, though. We'll say that it's not great for a right-hand guy to get flushed to his left. He gets flushed to his left, wheels back, and chucks it deep. It looks like to me, we'll talk more about this in a second, that Joseph Manjack tips the ball on purpose up in the air because he is at the point of the front. Um, he, As he's falling backwards, tips the ball up. Boogie Johnson runs underneath it and catches the touchdown. It doesn't even look like he has the ball at first because he so quickly tucks it and covers it up in a way that like cameras didn't even see it at first. And then when he is walking out the side of the end zone with the ball in his right hand, I'm telling you, I said some things that are not safe for work or this podcast. I was that kind of excited. I can't believe that just happened. What a way for the Houston Cougars to win their first Big 12 contest. Remember, West Virginia has beaten TCU and Texas Tech, the two teams that have beaten Houston in the Big 12 play already. West Virginia was, frankly, kind of an inside shot to, they if they could get past Oklahoma, could get to the Big 12 title game because they have a fairly easy rest of the schedule. And, frankly, they were you know 4-1 and one coming into this game. They'd beaten Pitt in non-conference. I mean, this was a team that looked really, really talented coming to Houston on a Thursday night. Both teams had a bye week last week to prepare for this. And Houston comes out on top. Now, I've got some performances I want to talk about uh, and, and some guys I really want to make sure we give all the credit in the world to because some guys really played well tonight in spite of all kinds of other things going on. Um, but first, if you're trying to add people to your team, just like Houston added Boogie Johnson, who catches the game-winning touchdown tonight uh, from Oklahoma State, where they added him in the transport from Oklahoma State, if you want to add game-winning type guys to your team, you need to go to linkedin.com slash locked on college to make sure that you add those guys to your team. Because these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. So you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Now, I don't know if they are Boogie Johnson fast, but they help you find guys faster and for free. LinkedIn Jobs should find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college it's linkedin.com slash locked on college post job for free terms and conditions apply march madness is right around the corner if you want to win your office pool you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the locked on college basketball podcast Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, now I mentioned I want to talk through some performances and guys that played very, very well in this game because there were a number of guys that played very, very well in this game. Um, and in my notes, because I did not know how things were going to end, I want to talk about the defense first. That n- might not be sexy or fun or whatever for you, but I thought coming into this football game that West Virginia was going to have to just like keep this as a you know low-scoring game through running the football and all those kinds of things. And frankly... Houston effectively took away the run after about the start of the second quarter. Um, 
They had trouble through the air. I'm not trying to say that 39 points is an acceptable amount of points to give up by any stretch. But A.J. Halsey and Dot Nwankwo flat out looked like NFL football players out there tonight. Folks, he really, they really both did. I want to start with Dot because I said leading up to this, and one of my key matchups was Zach Frazier, the all-everything, all-American, future top inside lineman drafted in the NFL draft, center from West Virginia, 6'3", 310, uh, state champion wrestler, all those kinds of things, right? He was the guy that Houston had to beat. He has not had to need a double team all, frankly, year or last year for West Virginia. He was even a bright spot on their bad team a year ago. And Don Wonko is kind of the inverse, that guy, for us, right? He is super all-world talented. He didn't have the sexy measurables that Zach Frazier has, as far as NFL scouts might look for, but clearly has the tape. And clearly, this was a moment where that tape play, uh, played out. Dot had nine tackles three of which were solo, which you never see for a nose tackle, and two tackles for loss. And I feel like the thing that was really important about Dot's playmaking tonight, Thursday night, was they were always really timely. It was like, okay, West Virginia is starting to move. All right, he makes a tackle for loss on first down and now gets them to second and 12. they got to start looking to pass the ball when they don't want to, right? He always made plays that were just at the right time. Uh, very, very active and involved. And frankly, there's a goal line touchdown to start the fourth quarter that West Virginia had running the football that Don Wonko stuffs the first attempt from the goal line. And I'm not I'm not sure that Garrett Green got in on the second attempt. They gave it to him. And frankly, Gwegbu was lined up off sides or whatever. But Dot stuffs that one too. And if he had to get eight inches, he might have gotten eight and a half. He did not get many. And that's again credit Dot Wonko up front. I said earlier in the week, Dot had to play like an NFL player for them to have a chance in this game. Dot played like an NFL player in this game, and Houston won the ball game. I'm not trying to say I'm a genius. I'm trying to say Dot is that dude. A.J. Halsey in the back half, also that guy, because admittedly, they're very good running the football, right? West Virginia, that is. I'm not trying to take that away from them. I'm not trying to, trying to down-talk them as a team we just beat. Those kids, C.J. Donaldson, uh, Jaheim White, those guys are good and talented. They've got good, stout offensive linemen up front, and A.J. Halsey from the free safety spot played downhill, aggressive brand of football, knocked the ball out a couple different times, including one catch on the sideline. Admittedly, it was before what ultimately was West Virginia's final touchdown. At the moment, it felt like it might have been the game-saving play when West Virginia has a deep sideline catch that would have put them in field goal range. A.J. Halsey lights the guy up like I didn't know you were allowed to do in football anymore, lights the guy up, lights the guy up, takes the ball out of his hands, the ball goes out of bounds. Ultimately, yes, West Virginia does score, but in that moment, it feels like Halsey is making the play that saves the football game. Similarly, in the back half of our defense, all these transfer guys, Halsey coming in from New Mexico, we had Malik Fleming, who was getting targeted because he's a little guy. They thought they could continue to put these 6'5 and 6'6, six, 6'7 six, six, tight ends out there and run crossers on them, and they probably beat him two or three times. And really, like, sometimes size does matter, but Malik Fleming continued to battle, continued to fight, forced pass breakups, forced overthrows, forced difficult throws. Malik Fleming continued to come to ball. He also had one of the weirdest punt returns that only amounted to like eight yards or something like that, but it was like a weird, like, anyway, I'm not sure he should have caught that one. Um, But big, big game out of him as well. Again, they did target him. And he did give up a couple deep crossers, but on the whole, that guy made important and impactful football plays in this game. 
Obviously, Isaiah Hamilton with the pick in the end zone he had a couple big plays himself. Isaiah start off this game, and I don't I don't mean to be pejorative about the guy. I like Isaiah a lot. Channel View kid, Texas Southern kid, transfer to the U of H, right? Houston, Houston, Houston. He started off the game not great. All right, there's a couple times that those run plays got into his outside edge, right? He's got a force contain, a force ball back, and he kind of just lunges his body out there early. And you know, it look, it's a bad look. Over the course of the game, those things changed. Over the course of the game, he adapted to the physicality. And over the course of the game, he continued to make plays that really, really won this football game. Now, I do need to talk about the offense because we have, I think, successfully, I, th- I think everyone has been critical of Donovan Smith when it's time. And I think people say, oh, Parker, you apologize. I don't know that I apologize for him all the time. I do point out like when he has to get the ball off really quickly because he has a pass rusher in his face. Or when he has guys dropping the football, like he hit them in the hands or whatever, right? In this game, he started off kind of shaky, right? Started off kind of shaky. He was like 5 of 11 or something to start the game. Um, and then he was straight nails. He completed his last 16 com- uh, consecutive passes, including four touchdown passes, uh, in the sec- three of them in the second half. Big time game out of Donovan Smith, the kind of game that you go get a big 12 experience quarterback to come play. Um, obviously he's not phased by the size and speed of the West Virginia's the world because he's seen those up close and personal in his time in the big 12. He was tremendous. And the a, the first play he makes where he hits man Jack on the sideline. I, I sent some friends a text that said, that's not a play everyone in America makes, right? Like, that's a special play. Don't take that for granted. He's rolling to his left. He sets up. He hits Manjack on the sideline. Perfect pinpoint accuracy. Like that's something everyone can make. He also made the slot fade that got Boogie Johnson's first touchdown early in the fourth quarter. He also ultimately throws the hail mary. Um, that like again, I think to this point that the intentional play was run Manjack out first as a six four giant beast kind of guy and let him tip the ball up and let the chaos ensue and see who comes up with it. I think that because I've seen other NFL teams do it before, like Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers do that all the time. When it was their turn to run Hail Mary's right. Um, he hit Manjack in exactly the right place for that kind of a play. And maybe I'm giving him too much credit. Feel free to tell me I am. You already do. Um, but I think that that was on purpose. And I think that that's the kind of way that that was drawn up. And if so, again, he hits him in the hands. He also, for what it's worth, distributed the ball incredibly evenly. And this may be, Someone on Coach Birch. This may be on Donovan. This may just be on the wideouts getting open, but Stefan Johnson, Joseph Manjek, both had four catches. Matthew Golden, Sam Brown, both had three catches. Dalton Carnes had a catch. Uh, Parker Jenkins had three catches. Olaf had a catch. Tony Mathis had a catch. Like Guys were spread out all over the field. They couldn't pinpoint on any single receiver for Houston to get in on. Um, as far as receivers go, obviously, Boogie Johnson, four catches, 96 yards, Two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, including the 49-yard Hail Mary catch. Like, you can't you can't not have him at the top of your list for MVPs of this game, right? Joseph Manjack, though, I'd point out, had the slot fade, had the sideline route. He had the early touchdown in which he ran behind a fantastic little, I call it a fade spout. So the outside guy runs a fade route. The inside guy runs a, a speed out or a spout. And then he's breaking away from the interior defender. The uh, fade guy's supposed to go the outside defender, right? You have a little outside pocket there to throw the ball into. Manjack catches that with what would have been a first down, makes his defender miss, and then runs a great ball behind the fantastic blocking of Sam Brown downfield. Um, the one thing I was wrong on, and I'll own this one, um, although I still think I would have been right, I 
I said going into the game that Parker Jenkins needed 15 catches, 15 touches to win this football game. At halftime, he had seven. He ended the game with nine. Now, I get that they won the game anyways, and so that probably means I'm wrong. However, I also feel like some of those touches that Stacey Sneed has, some of those touches that Tony Mathis had, other Raymax had touches in this game, that Parker Jenkins probably does exactly the same thing as, that's me digressing. Stacey, uh, Stacey Sneed has apparently been reading my tweets and was angry about him because he took a little toss play for like 58 yards, right? Like, like I, I get that he had a really good game, so I don't want to talk bad about those guys. I just also think Parker, John, Parker Jenkins will make some of those plays too, but I digress. Um, some of the comments here on different players. We have that Smith played his best game as a Cougar, and his first half against Tech was pretty spectacular. Third game row without an interception. He probably should have had one. If you remember the one play across the middle there, we got crossed up. I should have had one. This game is all about the Cougars, though. Um, go Cougs. Love that. Um, someone said they won in spite of coaching. We'll talk maybe more about that next week. A good day to be a Coug. Will teach me not to leave the bar with 12 seconds left. Had to hear about it in the parking lot. Uh, go Cougs. Hey, man, Mike, you are not the first one to feel that. Trust me. Um, however, I'm glad I'm glad you weren't too far away to hear. You go back inside and celebrate, I hope. I hope, I hope you did. Um, a lot of uh, some West Virginia found their way in here into the comment section. That's a shame. Uh, maybe also go listen to a West Virginia podcast. I'm sure you can go commiserate together. Um, no, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you being here. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Sneed, a comment on Sneed had a great game because they didn't run between the tackles. Been preaching all year. I will say, Stephen, to your credit, this is a good comment, a good thought. Because frankly, as you mentioned, he did not focus between the tackles. He had one or two carries at the end of the game to try and waste clock between the tackles, but he really caught a lot more tosses and those kinds of stuff. I've been wondering, maybe this is a content for later. Is he really a slot receiver? Um, kind of stuck playing this uh, where we where we make him play the the running back scat back type. Is he really more of a slot receiver? Now, before we get too far into the game, because I do want to talk about what's next and what comes next for Houston. And then I want to log off there everyone celebrate. But I want to talk about what comes next for Houston. Before we get too far of what comes next for Houston, if you want to keep the winning going all weekend long. I'm going to tell you to go keep the winning going at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. You can snap back into action this NFL season with America's number one sportsbook because right now new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you hit a five or you place a $5 bet. It's $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. Right now, the Saints are coming to Houston to play this Sunday. It's a fun Sunday, right? You get the Saints and Texans at noon. You get the Astros hosting the Rangers in the evening. It would be always maybe great to beat Arlington. As far as the football game goes, they've got the Texans as one and a half point dogs at home. Have you seen CJ Stroud play? I mean, I'm taking Houston. The over is set at 42 and a half. I'm taking Houston and the over. I'm doing it at FanDuel because it's an app that is so easy to use. It's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, players, props, over-unders, and more. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. Now, I will say that if I were a betting man, I probably wouldn't have bet for that to be the way that the game ended. Um, Houston is now one and two in Big 12 play. They've got their first Big 12 win. And <coughs> sorry, I think we need to celebrate the fact it's a live show. I can't cover that up. I think we need to celebrate the fact that, frankly, of the new four Big 12 schools, Houston is the first one to beat an old Big 12 school, right? BYU has a Big 12 win, but it's against Cincinnati. Cincinnati and Central Florida both have not had a Big 12 win. And they may get one this weekend, and so I guess some of that may be just like timing of getting to play today. I don't necessarily know um, who they play and when they play. I'm not a, doing their podcast. But I will say that Houston wins the first old Big 12 team, or first game in the Big 12 against an old Big 12 team 
of the new four. And I think that speaks highly because honestly, we were all feeling kind of down. I don't mean to like put words in your mouth specifically, but there were some demoralizing aspects of the second half against Texas Tech, right? Coming out the gates like gangbusters, scoring 28 first half points, and that's going to the second half. TCU not getting an offensive touchdown, right? This game against West Virginia, again, a team that beat both of those teams, to me, demonstrates that, and I was preparing this for when Houston, if Houston lost at the buzzer to say that they can compete, they've shown they can win some of these games, right? Houston has a fairly favorable schedule down the stretch. Um, they obviously play the burn Orange team from Austin next week. That'll be a lot of the content this week. He's getting ready for that one. Um, I've maintained Texas always loses a team that shouldn't lose to. Why not us? They're going to lose again to somebody. They're down after the Oklahoma loss. They're going to lose to somebody they shouldn't lose to. That team should absolutely be us at home. It's a rival game, et cetera. But uh, Baylor, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, and Central Florida to finish the season for Houston are all very, very winnable games. Houston's at three wins. They can get three of those four and the Texas game, obviously, but three of those four would put them in bowl game contention. I think as bad as moments of this season have been, or as bad as like losing to Rice because you no-showed the first half or or whatever, right? As bad as all of those moments are, if you get into a bowl game, I feel like you're feeling a little bit better about the trajectory of this program and team. Even if you disagree with some of the coaching decisions, even if you disagree with some of the players being played at certain points, you say, I think this guy be doing that, I think this guy be doing that, all those kind of things. You have to feel somewhat strong with the trajectory that they can step up into a new conference and potentially, it feels like they might have a real shot at, be in a bowl game. Let's see some more comments here. Um, Nathan points out that, yes, West Virginia is a <coughs> old Big 12 school, but they're like on the new side there in the West Virginia. TCU came in at the same time a little over a decade ago. Um, all fair. They've had Big 12 resources for a long time. Frankly, they were 4-1. and one. They beat Pitt as well. Um, and they weren't playing little-time football before that. right? I, 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 so I see what you're trying to say there, Nathan. I would also just point out, that um, you know that that this isn't like they beat a team that joined last year, right? Like they they beat a team that's been playing Power Five football for a decade. Um, now, as far as the rest of the season goes, obviously next week Texas three o'clock at home, um, big big time game, right? Um, but if you're looking at bold teams and bold projections, I I think that you see a, a less drastic change in a lot of things coming down the pipe. As far as roster stuff from this game, I think Boogie Johnson, and I i don't mean to toot my horn, I said against zone coverage that I thought he'd be important. This wasn't the way I thought he'd be important, but I, I will say I thought he'd be important, and I feel I, need, I feel like I need to go find the clip on that now. Um, regardless, I'm excited about the way this goes. I think Boogie Johnson has earned himself more reps, clearly. He's a speed guy. Take the top off the defense. I think Diamond Smith has found things he feels comfortable or good at in this offense. Again, he completed 16 balls in a row. That's really, really impressive, really, really important, right? Um, you had, honestly, Stacy Sneed doing what he does well outside the tackles, right? <clears throat> That's really, really important. That's really, really impressive, too, that, like, frankly, personnel-wise, they were figuring that kind of thing out. Um, Joseph Manjack played his butt off today like that was so so good um dot Wonko looks healthy right he played lights out for about a series and a half against utsa and then hurt his ankle he's been kind of dealing with that angles like nag for a while to get some break he had a bye week he looks good that's awesome right that's perfect um i thought david uh Gwegbu looked strong um there he made some mistakes players make mistakes um 
Ultimately, those didn't obviously hurt Houston too much. They still won the football game. But Agwegu was coming along. The secondary really is starting to fill in. You saw Juwan Gaston out there more. Uh, AJ Halsey filling again. Filling the run play is awesome. Uh, we're small at corner, as then said, like both Fleming and Isaiah Hamilton are not like the big six one six two Richard Sherman types, but they're playing very very effectively, folks. Um, Alex Hogan, I think, is you know continuing to be very like steady. Um, he's not making a lot of boom plays, but not making a whole lot of bus plays. They had one penalty in special teams tonight, and I don't remember hearing a whole lot, remember a whole lot of negatives from that one. Um, as Kyle points out, I should point out, Kyle, so I, I'm skipping right past K State. Um, K State is not the same team that won the Big Twelve last year, um, and so I think that's probably fair. Um, <coughs> I, Rusty and Rusty's been meeting this drum for a long time. That's why I pulled it up. So Rusty, first of all, consistent listener since day one. So thank you, Rusty. But also. Rusty's been beating this drum, and so I want to make sure we get this out there that there have been six what Rusty calls each time a Belk special. That's where we give up a lot of points. Um, that means the opponent takes the lead, ties the game at the end of the game, where you kind of need to be playing some sort of a, you know, it's no longer bend, don't break defense because you can't give up anything. Um, at some point, that will come back to bite us. Now, I have to say, Rusty, well, I would agree that that at some point will come back to bite us down the line. Um, ultimately, they had him to fourth and 10 and like they did ultimately give up. So I'm like, I'm looking like the idiot by having any other argument now. Cause like results are results. That is what happened. But in the last few times it's happened to correct me wrong, Rusty, like those would have happened on more like the second down play or the third down. Like they got them to fourth and 10 at midfield where they can't kick a field goal. They're so, so close to breaking through. And I know I'm forever the optimist. I get criticized for it all the time, but that is me saying maybe something else comes now. I'm enjoying this victory. You need to go enjoy this victory too. I have not even checked on what they're saying post game. I hope Boogie got to talk post game because I'm so, so happy and proud of that kid. Um, transferred to Houston from Oklahoma state, frankly, got kind of a raw deal at Oklahoma state. He's here. He's ours. He's winning freaking big 12 football games for us. That's so, so awesome for that kid. Um, Donovan Smith, again, same kind of thing. Got kind of the wrong rub at tech. He comes here. He wins on a hail Mary. When they tell me he can't throw when he's up there. That's awesome too. Um, I want to go see what these guys had to say. Um, this is Friday's episode. We may still put out one on Saturday, depending on how things go, or just meaning something inflammatory happens, something crazy happens, right? Next week is Texas week, so we'll be breaking down and getting ready for that game. We'll probably have more of like a analytical schematic breakdown of this one at some point between now and Tuesday. So it might be the Monday episode, something like that. I want to get some time to rewatch it a little bit. Um, but thank you all so much for tuning in tonight live, or if you went to bed because you got work on Friday. Thank you so much for tuning in and hearing all about the Cougs and the big, big win on Thursday night. The first Big 12 win for this program in a long time, but <coughs> the first one as a member of the Big 12. Thank you all so much for tuning in tonight. Locked on Cougs is a proud, proud member of the Locked on Podcast Network. As your second listen, go check out Locked on Big 12. See what Drake has to say. Locked on Cougs again. Proud member Locked on Podcast Network. That means your team every day. Your team being the, I guess, Hail Mary walk-off. 1-0 on the week, Houston Cougars. Go Cougs! Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free.
That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.